Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Scoopy Radio. In your area code, on the plane, on the train. Everywhere you want to be, I am Brandon Scoopy Robinson. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram Scoop underscore B, Snapchat Scoop underscore B, and make sure to subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn App, Stitcher app, and everywhere in between. And on this episode of Scoopy Radio, man, we got a special guest. I feel like my college dorm room wall is living on the phone right now, and on the phone is where we have two guys, uh, one, both halves of the Knuckleheads podcast. We have Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. You know them as the guys who bang their heads uh, on the basketball court during their days with the Los Angeles Clippers. First and foremost, Darius, Quentin, welcome to Scoop B Radio. This is Scoop B Radio. What up, what up, what up? Appreciate you having us. No doubt. Appreciate you having us, man. Yes, sir. Midwest is in the building. Man, I, I don't know where to start, but I know where I want to start. I want to take it back to that Slam Magazine cover. I know you get those those questions a million and one times. You guys headlined a Slam Magazine photo that had you two, Elton Brand, Lamar Odom, and if I'm not mistaken, a Eric Piotowski as well. Am I correct? Uh, I don't know. Did we have one like that? I don't remember that one. I remember uh, me, Lamar, and Elton Slam cover. Then I, uh, me and Q did a kick cover. Uh, them the only covers that I remember that, well, that we did. And looking at it specifically, it was Elton Brand, it was Lamar Odom, it was uh, you, Darius, and I believe that in the inside there were pictures of, of, of you as well, Quentin. I, I want to take it back because that picture is iconic. You had the do-rag on, you had the Sean John headband on with Elton, and you guys uh, or rather with Lamar, and you guys switched jerseys. Where did that idea come from, Darius? Uh, I don't, it was just, it was just, it was just freestyle. I can't even really say who, maybe Lamar probably okay. said it, but, uh, uh, you know, we just, we just, this is like our everyday wear. It was like the style of us, like, kind of how we rock clothes and, like I say, the hip-hop culture and stuff like that. That was just us. And, uh, 
we was young, we was kids, so you know, it was just flavor like that, <laughs> I guess. You guys had drip before drip was a thing. Yeah. Too rich. Definitely. I think, I think, like I said, I think we were just, uh, we were so young. That's why we was with the culture. It was so easy for like everybody to relate to us, mostly the kids too. And, you know, it made older folks like us more, even because we was teenagers. Playing like a grown man's game. Yeah, yeah. Q- Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles on the line of Scoopy Radio. Radio. Just to clear it up, yes, Quentin, you were on the cover of Kicks with Darius Miles with the white on white Jordan Eleven. Um, you were Mr. Jordan, sir. Uh, when I think about your career, I think of two things: one, your style; two, I was always curious. Did anybody ever mistake you for Mrs. Bleak while you were out in the public? <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Nah, a couple of my friends would joke and say that here and there, but nah, nobody. I never. I'm, I'm, I'm six, 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 and from what I understand, he's not that tall, so I never got really mistaken for him out in public. You guys are both from the state of Illinois. Um, you, uh, Quentin, you went to Whitney Young. Uh, for you, I guess watching this basketball season, um, are you surprised at how well? Derrick Rose is doing this season. I'm 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 not surprised, man. The only the, the thing about D Rose's entire career is that when when my dude is healthy, he's big time. Mm-hmm. Point blank period. When he's healthy, he's big time. And so that was that has been the only concern I really had with him throughout is when he's been injured. I mean, as of you know, prior to any of the injuries, I had no concerns. He had been big time throughout and that's still my consensus. When he's healthy, he's still a big-time player. And, I mean, he just needed to find a team that was going to give him that opportunity and give him, the, you know, give him that chance to put himself, put himself on display that way again. And Minnesota with Thibodeau was the, was the absolute, you know, best-case scenario for him. And, I mean, I think he got a chance to show everybody that, you know, I'm still D-Rose and I still can play ball. Clearly, you know, I'm not like, at one point, he was top two, you know, most explosive point guards ever. But, you know, now I'm still a top-flight point guard in this league, and I can still get down with the best of them. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him more than anything. I, I never doubted he could do it. It was all about just him being healthy. Scoopy Radio on the line with Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson. Make sure to check out their Knuckleheads podcast. Uh, through the Players' Tribune. Uh, you guys have already had Jimmy Butler uh, as a guest. You guys uh, have Kyrie Irving, Baron Davis, and Wilson Chandler coming up. This question I want to direct first to Darius and then Quinn, I- I'd like you to answer. You guys being the players and you guys being uh, playing in the NBA, heralded since high school, um, you guys are now on the, on the media side of it. Darius, do you see the media perspective now that you're on the other side of it after playing it? And what have you learned in this process and, and doing your podcast? Uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't felt it yet. Uh, I haven't, I don't feel like I came to that role yet that we feel like we're doing media. It's, uh, it's still like a, a, a fun stage of just us being fans of the people that we interviewing and us knowing a little bit about them and, and just have questions on what we want to know about them. Uh, I think our podcast is kind of unique in a certain 
different kind of way. We're really not asking the questions that everybody asking or uh-huh. stuff that be on uh, all the sports shows, like on a daily basis of what's going on. Yeah, we talk about a little bit of the current thing, but we, we want to know more about the person a lot and, and, and just deeper stories and funny stories. So uh, it's more of a sit down on the couch, just a, a good conversation and good vibes. So I don't know. Like I said, I don't feel like I came to that role yet of this media. I know eventually it's going to turn to that, but uh, right now I'm still, like, enjoying it. It's new to me. Q, Rich, same question. Yeah, I would, I would kind of agree and echo what, what, what D is saying is from the fact that uh, the setting and the way that we go about our podcast, we we kind of we kind of stray away from it being the, the you know the normal or traditional format of, of, of media and stuff like that. So it's hard for us to see ourselves in that setting. We feel like we some we some OG retired players sitting down with either retired players or current players or whatever they may be, whether it's entertainers or anything. We feel like we just some guys that just sitting down and we hanging out and we having a, a cool conversation with them. We're not trying to, you know, talk about, you know, anything crazy or negative or stuff. We want to talk about cool stuff, stuff that we would talk about if, if no cameras was there. We were sitting here chilling at a, at a bar, chilling at a restaurant, chilling over somebody's house at a patio, just a relaxed environment where, you you kind of get the vibe if you listen to it. Nobody has their guards up because we all in a relaxed environment and we, we letting them know from the outset that we not here to try and go viral off anything, you know, mm-hmm. anything negative. We want to shed light on cool, funny stories. And most of the stories that we bring up, like Darius said, we, we kind of either know about them because we were involved or somehow we knew about them from, from us being in that same type of life and we may have heard or, or something like that. But it's usually type of stuff like that where you say stuff is not going to be asked by your everyday media type or media person because they're not privy to that type of stuff mm-hmm. because they weren't there. So, you know, that's, that's the type of the, the position we try and come from on our part. I'm curious. What did you guys come away with learning about Jimmy Butler that you didn't know uh, before you guys sat down with him on the podcast, me, uh, me, uh, how much he uh, he he studies the game and work hard from the game and his genre of music. Uh, he's not uh, for him to be uh, African American or you know a black kid. Him listening to country music and, and opening his ears up to all kind of genres. I didn't mm-hmm. you know I didn't really know too much of that about him. When we said the uh five albums thing, he he named Justin Beaver and and a uh, country artist, I can't remember his name and uh that's you know, a lot of people don't know that. Some people think we listen to rap all the time and <laughs> sometimes I guess Justin Beaver gets you started for a game and gets you hyped for a game for Jimmy Butler. You know, it's funny when you yeah. look at Q Rich, my bad, I cut you off. You you the man, talk to me. You know, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I what was surprising to me was, you know, his outlook on on, on winning and, and winning the championship and if he if he did that or not, considering himself you know, considering himself a champion or not. And I, I think, you know, that was a, a, a different aspect or perspective from, you know, from a player perspective that fans don't really always get to see, to know that, you know, that he really 
really wants to win really bad and he considers himself somewhat of a failure if you don't. And my thing to him was just to let him know that, you know, the fact that you go out and you, you put forth maximum effort and working hard and preparation and everything you could do, just because you don't win the championship in the NBA, that doesn't mean that you're a failure or you're a loser. You still are, you know what I'm saying, you're a champion in your own right because of your work ethic and what you put into the game and how you're going about it and how you're taking it seriously you do. Everybody, you know, some of the greatest players didn't win championships, and by no means are they losers, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. And then it, 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 as well was just his story about when he got traded, how he was at Paris at Fashion Week, you know what I'm saying, with D-Wade and Melo and all those guys and, you know, how he went to dinner and how they did it big and how he was fortunate to be able to be there with his guys because he took it hard. But it still was a, a great, cool, fun story that came out of that. Scoopy Radio on the line with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles talking about their podcast, talking about life as media figureheads. And we talked about media. I feel like there's certain guys uh, in the NBA that, 90s, early 2000s that didn't necessarily enjoy the fruits of social media coming into the league right away. You guys are at a, a kind of at a, a, at a, I guess you could say a juxtaposition where people know you, you were highly recruited in high school, you were, you were loved, uh, but you, you know Michael, you played against Allen Iverson, and you also played against uh, LeBron James. I'm sure you get this question a lot, but I want to hear it straight from y'all. How do you think you guys would handle social media uh, in today's era? Because you look at the Portland Trailblazers the other day. They got trapped on an elevator. How lit would the Clippers be if you had social media there? Uh, man, I don't, I don't know. Because, like, I'm, I'm very discreet myself. Like, we did a lot of stuff, but it was more like we could control the cameras. But I don't know. These, these days, like... Old tweet come up and all that stuff. I don't know if we would have been in that. I don't know. I, I, like I said, I don't know. Cause, uh, and QNet was like big brother. So I know if I would have even attempted to start wilding or tripping on the social media or anything like that, they would have, they would have got up on me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They would have right. checked me about it. So I don't, I don't know. I can't say that I really would have been wilding or, Oh, it have been we were doing a lot of viral stuff, but I didn't even I necessarily think, mean Jeremy first. I'm yeah, sorry, kid. I think from more so like less even because all of us was kind of like that. But I think even without even with with D and us not being so forthcoming and you know maybe ourselves tweeting out different things. I think from from how active we were and how we were at high school games and in college games, like just from everybody else around, we would have been crazy on social media from that aspect. To see, like literally, like we we would be at Fox Hills malls in Foot Locker, Fox Hills malls getting that, getting haircuts, just mm-hmm. walking around Fox Hills mall. We would get new boxes of Jordan gear. Like, okay, we gotta go show this off. We just gotta go go to the mall and walk around and go. Like we were kids. We was eighteen and nineteen living in L.A., in the NBA, like, just fulfill our dream. Like, you you know what I'm saying? We was on top of the world, so everything was, like, was new and, like, the new fun. Like, it was everything was new and fun. We hadn't, you know what I'm saying, the league and the business of it, none of that had really got to us and, you know, it affected us, so we hadn't felt that yet. So we was, like, literally, like, kids in the candy store. Like, everything was just fun and exciting to do. 
Yeah, I like how the, the young kids are today. Like, I like how they have fun and do their thing. I, uh, uh, Lonzo Ball and Kyle Cruz, and their relationship seemed like it's close and, you know, they had a little rap battle and they play each other, play with each other on Twitter or, you know what I'm saying? So they shot to each other and being on teams and, and laughing and joking about it. But I think that's healthy, especially when you're building a bond and relationship like me and Q joke. We each other all the time, you know. It's at the end of the day, we we, we friends. We you know we enjoy each other company, and I, I I'm 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 definitely for that when it's on the same team. I don't know about all the other teams, but <laughs> when it's on the same team, I'm definitely for that. For sure, and you answer my question because I, I think not even from the wild and out side. I think a lot of times people go for the jugular just in wild and out social media. I was just talking more about the creativity, like man. The two of you had Jordan releases that would probably make your sneak your, your favorite sneaker your favorite sneakerhead jealous. I'm thinking about the releases coming to your door at the beginning of the month, the sneakers, uh, just the lifestyle. And you kind of answered that question. Um, would the sneaker game on social media have been crazy? Yeah, uh, that goes. Uh, yeah, it's still crazy now when they they look at old photos of like wearing them sneakers, like. Like it's it's still crazy now, but now like like if it was out now like we'd have been crazy because it was new. Like Jordan blessed us. Like uh, we're grateful for it. Like I'm I'm definitely blessed to had an opportunity to push his brand. You know what I'm saying? Like to just help do it. Like you know I'm grateful for it. Like they, it it was a blessing to do. It. We grew up. Loving Jordan, so when we got the opportunity to actually wear it, and you know what I'm saying, for people to love it as much as we love wearing it, like it's it's it's, it's out of this world for us. What was the best piece yeah, of advice? Nah, you know, you 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 said what? Go ahead, you go ahead. No, gentlemen first. Go ahead. I know you got you got. I was gonna say, what was the best piece? You guys both growing up watching Michael. Um, I've heard stories about. Bow Wow showing up to Michael's house with Reeboks on and basically Michael checking him at the door and he had a new pair of J's the, the next day. I guess my question is a two-part question. What's the best piece of advice that Michael has given you and what's the funniest story about Michael that you can give? Um, well, uh, man, let me think. The best piece of, the best piece of advice uh, mm-hmm. Keep on. No, he, uh, when I first met him, he he was uh he liked my game. Like I appreciate him liking my game. Like he was telling me like keep keep going at it, and that would made me you know I knew I was really having something. Michael Jordan telling you he liked your game, and this is I'm a high school kid from East St. Louis. Like I mean, like what I was doing and and how I was playing was was working. That was like some of the best advice. That was like the first advice he. Sure. Yeah, he gave me a uh, funny story. <laughs> I might, uh, my funny story is just like, uh, <laughs> it was just funny how uh, when I first met Mike, I just couldn't believe that Michael Jordan cussed. Like, <laughs> like he said a cuss word, like, man, Michael Jordan said a cuss word. Like, that was just funny to me. And I, like I said, I had to call my mom and tell her, like, man, Michael Jordan died. Like he like us, <laughs> that was funny to me. 
I'm with it. Q Rich, same question. Uh, for me, I would say the <clears throat> probably the best advice was uh not too long after I had got drafted. You know, we worked out at uh at Hoops the gym, the legendary Hoops gym, whatever with Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, this is when Mike was still. He, you know, he ended up coming back, but he was still, you know, back and forth from the gym sometimes here, there, whatever. And you know, I was uh, at the time I was, I was uh, Tim, and everybody knew that I was disappointed with getting picked 18. I thought I, I thought I should have been got, you know, been drafted higher, or whatever. But I was still, you know, excited to be one of the Clippers with with D Miles and Keon and Corey and everybody. So. But he knew that, so he had told me, he was like, one day we was talking, I thought I worked out or whatever with Tim, and Tim had kind of set it up for him to talk to me, and he was like, you know, the one thing I know you think, you know, you upset about getting drafted 18, but he was like, he was like, no matter what, as long as, like, you, that's just a draft position, you know what I'm saying, like, you can outwork everybody, like, you know what I'm saying, like, can't nobody take that from you, like, as long as you go and you continue to work hard, you gonna get get in. You gonna get out of this game. What you put into it. So I always looked at it like that. Like, man, Michael Jordan told me it don't matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? As long as you work, and that was always my mentality. Like, all right, no matter what the scenario, I'ma just put my head down and work through it. Cause like, literally, like that was what MJ said. And then I would say, you know, my funny story Scooby was that. Radio. Um, just. It's probably part of his best. It's probably some of the best advice and a funny story at the same time. He, gave, he actually gave it to me and him at the same time after we was hooping at Santa Barbara at his camp one day. And he was just, you know, he was. it was just one of them moments where he just, you know, dropping knowledge about the league or whatever, and this, that, and third. And he was like, d Miles will never forget this season. He was telling us this, that, and third. And he was like, oh, yeah. And another thing, he was like, no matter what's going on, don't ever get into it with Oak. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, crazy, and you don't want to get into it with him." He was like, yeah. and "He was like, and that's that." And like, I never forget that. Like, be mad. You remember that, right? Yeah, I remember that. I, I like Oak. That. that was like a funny story and the best advice at the same time. Yeah, because Oak is like the church deacon, your uncle, your father, and and like the the, the he's like big worm all at the same time. Yeah, like uh-huh. fortunately for us, like. Oh, got major love for us. That's the big OG. We, you know, it's nothing but all love. So, right. like, we definitely have seen and, and been witness to the to the to the big worm side. Of things. So, you know, we'll leave that at that. Yeah, we, we definitely. But Oak, Oak is uh, he is he's a good OG. Like Oak used to uh, him and his family used to you know cook. They cook real good, and uh, they used to invite me and my friend over when I was in Cleveland. Made us feel at home, like, all the time, like, with him and the family and just him cooking. And, you know, we build a rapport with Oak, and Oak always is family. You know, we always got a high-level respect for Oak. For sure. He get, I, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, man, and he told me what he felt about LeBron. He told me he actually worked out with LeBron. He met LeBron when he was, like, in ninth, 10th, or 11th grade with a whole bunch of NBA guys, and he talked about how fearless – LeBron was even back then. He's gonna always tell you the truth. Yeah. Well, he's he gonna tell you what he feels. Yeah. 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 Everybody got their own truth, you know. Yes, sir. Here's my question for you, Darius. Um, Nelly's hot in here video. 
I think is is was an iconic video. Uh, my sister's 23. She knew it when she was a kid. Came out in 2002. Um, what was significant about that video was the fashion. Um, anybody from your jersey to Nets jerseys to Knicks jerseys to Michael Jordan's jerseys, Adrian James, Marcus Camby, Jerry Rice. Um, it, it was crazy. Were you actually on the set of Nelly's Hot Here video? Nah. Nah, I went on the set for that video. Oh. Well, let me rephrase this question. For you seeing that video um, and seeing Nelly represent uh, the culture in that way, how cool was it to, I guess, see um, your jersey represented and, and kind of explosion of the throwback jerseys uh, on, on the video set as well? Like, was that... I guess a cool juxtaposition to see that culture infused back then, especially on the Nelly video. Yeah, I think it was cool. Uh, it was definitely good for St. Louis. Uh, so we had talent down here music-wise because uh, really had too many people had a national stage coming out of St. Louis. And so uh, all around the board, my jersey being on TV and uh, I'm representing St. Louis was, was a good look. Too rich. Carmelo Anthony uh, is a guy uh, that I like. A lot of people like, but he's misunderstood. You played with him on during the Knicks. What are you hoping for him uh, moving forward in the NBA? Man, I hope above all else that, that, that whatever it is, however he wants it to end, he gets it to um, you know gets to walk away and, and it go down on his own terms. I think he he deserves that. I think he earned he's earned that. Um, I definitely feel like he's kind of getting an unfair shake, especially at these last, I mean, the last three stops, the the, the, the way things ended in New York and then OKC and Houston, I, I didn't feel like any of those things shook out, you know, fairly for him. I think anybody who's watching can see that he's handled himself in the most, in, in the most professional way that anybody could under the circumstances when you got people your own organization, you know, people in there talking about his name and doing, you know, just, just doing things that shouldn't be happening, you know what I'm saying, period, at any level. And um, <clears throat> Melo took the high road every single time, no matter what, has always, you know, take, taken the high road and, and and did the professional, the good thing, and stayed above board with things, no matter how bad, you know, people were trying to paint him and things like that. I just like that he stayed true to himself and, and he, you know, he continued to keep his head high. So for me, I just hope that, you know, that he gets his ending the way that he, you know, on his own terms. I mean, obviously everybody can walk away with a championship and things like that. But I mean, I think just him ended it on the way with a team where he's appreciated and, you know, we can appreciate him properly. That's what I want for him. Like, much like how D Wade is getting to finish out. And, uh -huh. and we appreciate him and his career and what he's done. I think, you know, Melo deserves that just as much. Because Melo's a, a a great person, been a been a been a great player, Hall of Fame player in the NBA. But I mean, as a person, he's a Hall of Fame person as well. And I think, you know, I think that gets not put on the on the on the front page as much as it should be. So I mean, I hope those things for him. Yeah, we always got a uh, big support from Melo and. Uh... Man, we, we really respect and uh, see how he's handling himself and how professional he's been through this whole process. And uh, we definitely want him to to get the first shake and uh, get represented 
in a in a great light because uh, he's well deserving of it. You guys both played at Staples Center uh, as members of the Clippers. You guys shared Staples Center with the Lakers. I know for me, having grown up both in New York City and in New Jersey, uh, I watched the Nets and the Knicks. It's a little different because at the time growing up, the Nets played in Jersey, the Knicks played in Madison Square Garden. New York, New Jersey, and next to each other. The culture in L.A., were guys off the court uh, as friendly, uh, I guess the Lakers and the Clippers, were they as friendly uh, back then? Like, who hung out with who on opposite teams? Was that a thing? Scoop B Radio. Uh, yeah, we uh like like Shaq Shaq showed us a whole lot of love. Uh Tyloo stayed right across the street from me and he's from Missouri and uh you know, he was like Tyloo is like family. He always treated me like a little brother and always tried to look after me even though I was a clipper and he was a Laker. Uh so there was the two I would say on, on the Lakers team that we was with that I was the who was with, uh I think you too. And um as the people in LA, like uh, we used to go to the hood recreation centers and all this stuff, and we used to be everywhere. Like everybody used to see us, so it was it was definitely a, a real loving and uh, respect level that they used to give us, and uh, love the way we did our thing with the city. I feel. Pete Miles, you told a story about Shaq pulling you over. Uh, <laughs> with his with his police siren, same same uh, assessment on your part. Lakers and Clippers had a had a camaraderie that was, that was uh, pretty civil, despite the fact that you guys shared a uh, Staples Center. You said, yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would agree. I would, you know, like <clears throat> back when we was really, you know, in the mix of doing our amazing thing. Like you gotta understand, like. The Lakers were, were more so like the, you know, they, they most of those guys had wives and were were, were a little older. Mm-hmm. So like you might say, it was really T. Lou. We would see Dev George a little bit out, but like you know, really hung with T. Lou mostly. And then, like I said, we had a few encounters with Shaq, but we had to hang with him, which is crazy in itself. But I mean, most of the other guys, I mean, it, it was never like you said, it wasn't any like. Nobody was against each other, but those guys were just older doing different things than we were. So, but I mean, when we played them, you know, they always so we would see Deep Fish and Deep Fish show love and, and yeah. all of that, Ori and the guys. So, I mean, it was always love. Yeah. But I mean, like, it was just we were kids and they were kind of like, you know, growing into young men at oh, that point. Yeah. Like, Rick, Rick Fox, like, <laughs> they all squad was like veterans. Like, they yeah. was grown men. We was like teenagers. So they young fella. <laughs> I think all of them call us young fella. <laughs> because we were just young guys. It was like we were like a, a high school college team playing against the NBA for real. That's how I kind of felt. Elton Brand became the Philadelphia 76ers general manager. Did you see those vibes in him? Uh, and, a, and I guess in an administration role or a guy that was able to will and deal even back then when you guys were teammates? No, I didn't, I didn't see that in him. Uh, he, he's involved, he evolved into that. So like, uh, he's, uh, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him and his family. Uh, he, uh, he did the, the work, uh, the hard work. Uh, he's been in the office. He really committed to their organization and, uh, they gave him opportunity to shine. And, uh, you know, we root for him. 
that's uh, all I can say. But back then, I, I didn't see that in him. But, you know, people evolve, people grow, and uh, I'm glad he grows into something that he can get an opportunity to sign in this league because a lot of people don't get that opportunity that he's getting. So uh, I hope he uh, take full advantage of it. You're rich. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think a lot of us, I don't think he probably saw himself as that back then, you know, when we were young and everybody playing ball and doing their thing. But, I mean, looking back on it, uh, he's definitely somebody, when you, you know, when I look back and think about the way he moves, the way he handled himself and things like that, he's somebody who, who you, you know, could see him see moving into this type of situation and, you know, doing well. Tell him somebody who's always been smart and intelligent and, um, you know, conducted himself in a, in a professional manner, wore suits and things like that pretty much his whole career, and, you know, presenting himself in a professional manner. So I think, you know, the, he set himself up throughout his career, career to be able to uh, have his picking. He could, I think he could have did television or, or anything that he wanted to do because he handled himself the right way and, and probably set himself up with great relationships as well. Q. Rich, you played in the Miami Heat um, with Dwayne Wade, um, and you kind of touched on it about his farewell tour. Um, being around Michael, playing with Wade, uh, being in L.A. with Kobe uh, when you played for the Clippers and he was a Laker, what are some commonalities uh, that you see between those guys? Um, Scoop B Radio. I would say, um, you know, um, aside from them being two guards, and, and, and you know, I would say of the of the of the three of them, I would say D Wade probably was a you know was a was a late bloomer slash. Uh, and when I say this, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but like a late bloomer slash the least talented who who actually like had to, to work and, like, really work to get the abilities and talents and, like, you know, hone the things and, you know, get to the point where he was. I think, you know, Kobe and, and MJ, when they got to that point, they were already out of here. You know what I'm saying? D-Wade wasn't, like, that top pick. He was kind of, you know, he got taken, I mean, number five, whatever, which was still high, but it was still, like, he wasn't the projected superstar, the guy that they said was automatic and this, that, and the third. So he... I watched him. I was there. We, you know, D. Miles saw a lot of it too. We saw the summers in the gym and the, the different times going through injuries and how hard he were. I got to like physically see it and um and how bad he wanted it and how much he put into it. So when I look at him, um and, and how he's getting to go out in the 16th year and things like that, I think that the biggest thing that and when you listen to him talk, the biggest the commonality is like his his work their work ethic. I think mm-hmm. when, when he got to certain levels, he's like, oh, okay. Like, I thought I was going hard. I got to go this hard. And I heard him say something like, I thought I had been going hard. Then when I started playing with LeBron, I saw how hard he worked. So I had to start doing this. So it's like, the thing about the, the, the thing about Dwayne is that he, he's, he's that type of a, a person that he's, he's able to be humble enough to see that it's also another level I can go to. Like, even when I'm at this level, I'm still not doing it the best. So I'm still not working the hardest. And this dude over here is doing like this. So I'm going to take this from him and take that. And he's the type of person who's going to continue to add. He's not going to settle for where he is. So 
I would say, you know, Kobe did that great. I mean, everybody saw how, how he emulated MJ and stuff like that. So, I mean, I would say that's the common common thread between those guys is, is that they had the, the uncanny and the amazing work ethic that would, you know, not only get them to a certain place, but then take them to another level that nobody foresaw for them. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that.
And um, number three would probably be the number threes, actually. Uh, the number threes was, uh, them was them like an all-time classic. I mean, you could wear them with anything. You could wear them with suits, with jeans, with anything. And, like, they came out with so many different, you know, colors and flavors of them. I mean, I like the classic, either classic white and black cement or the classic black and great seamen, but I mean, they didn't came out with a whole bunch of dope variations, the sport blues and all of that, so yeah, that, those would be my top three favorites. I like it. Make sure y'all check out their podcast with the Players Tribune and pay attention to everything that's going on. Q Rich, Darius Miles, thank you so much for joining Scoopy Radio. One more yeah, thing, podcast is sponsored by Hennessy in partnership okay. with the Players Tribune, you feel me? Listen, you get your drink champs on while you on the Players Tribune podcast. I ain't mad at you. Uh, (laughs) I appreciate you both. Thanks, brothers. I appreciate you having us, man. Yes, sir. Scoop B Radio. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.